0: Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to another episode of Azure to the Core. This is your host Bill Libsy, along with my very awesome co-host Miss Shelley Way. Hi, Shelley.
1: Hi, Bill. What do we got going on today? Ooh, lots
0: of good stuff going on today. We got we got a good guest. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're just lucky. We're blessed. Whatever. We always have good guests. We do. We do have. We got great guests, and I, I love this next guest. Me too, because he's another GBB.
1: Uh, yeah. Bubble well, bathouts.
0: Our second GBB. Yeah. Well, the the build me <laughs> a cup. <buttercup. laughs>
2: What's up, Carl Salazar? How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having
0: me. Hello, Shelley. Hello, Bill. It's going to be a fun talk today. What do we have in store, Bill? Let's, let's hear about it. it's fun, dude. You have such a awesome background. I know you went what straight from high school into your professional career. Yeah, I, no, I was going to say junior exact, high. Not quite a Junior high. Yeah.
2: Junior high. Let's just go I
0: to did, junior I high. I did leave college
2: early, taking a risk. Did you? I, I did. Yeah. I left in my junior year. Saw an opportunity to go out and make money. This was, what, 97? And I started working for a boutique little Microsoft company. And we were basically hard hitters with messaging. Did a lot of exchange and AD and all that kind of stuff. And I stayed there for about five years and after about six months of interviewing at Microsoft, one of our partner liaisons kind of took an interest in me, great guy, still very close friends with him. Uh, after about six months of interviewing, on my 25th birthday in New York City, I received yeah. the job offer and I called my mom from the taxi.
0: <laughs> hey,
2: mom. I yeah. said, you will not believe where I'm going to work. That was in 2001. What,
1: did she was she not upset with you anymore for leaving college at that point then
2: you know I had promised my parents that I would graduate okay. college okay So I, I left it behind and yeah. i I was somewhat serious about that. I ended up uh graduating uh, shortly after I joined Microsoft, which was about you know five years after I had left. but I did finish my business degree and uh took a bit of a risk, made some money in between and got a jump start on a lot of rattles that that I had at the time and still have a lot of my high school buddies. And it worked out ever since. It's it's just been an amazing ride. I've been here almost two, 22 years, which is just insane. And I've done... It's an insane career. So many things here. Oh, my goodness.
1: I did not it's, realize that you started in, in Exchange, or was it PC Mail at the time?
2: So, yeah. It was uh, Exchange. What was shipping at the time? I guess it was 5-5 five, five headed towards 2000. So, my first projects were just... Massive multinational companies, and I thought it was awesome to travel around the world and, and be their architect. And eventually, I worked my way up into into Architect. I got into Exchange Ranger program. If anybody listening goes goes back that far, it became the Microsoft Certified Architect program, did that for a few years. And then I'll never forget this. I was in this this high performance training. and uh, Greg Myers from Federal, who I think recently retired. if I'm not yeah, yes, yeah he would never remember this. Now, this is going he back might. like, you know, 17, 18 <laughs> We're going to ask him. <laughs> he said something that was profound to me at the time. He said, you know what? The best time to make a move in your career is when you're most comfortable. When you're most comfortable, you sort of start this downward slide, right? And I said, "Jesus, huh? I am pretty comfortable. And I said to myself, you know, if I'm going to make this change, I'm going to do something totally opposite. What was I doing? Consulting in the enterprise space. How about sales and government? And I pursued a job in the SLG and at the time I became uh, a seller. And so they said, in my mind, I was this technical guy who talked with the salespeople. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so it was a mindset. I'm not a salesman. No, I'm, exactly. you made your own I'm job. A... I did. I felt like I did. And I was, I was successful at it. I loved it. At the time it was unified communications. That was the gig which of course morphed into uh, what we now call modern workplace seller or Office 365
0: was the title back then. You were the and boss. That's when I met you. Yeah. <laughs> was around that time. You were exactly. part of the, the ninja team. That's right. We were
2: all over. black we had belt massive territories. I mean, I had Maine to, to Texas at one time. I made platinum club one year and I was, it was, everything was going so well. And I had this mentor. Since left Microsoft, still keep in touch with him as well. And he said, You know what, Carl? You're a salesperson. You just don't say that you are. You don't think that you are. And I had heard that several times, but he was pushy in a good way, in a mentor way. Right. And he said, You need to take over the business, right? Go, go into pure sales. I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's like, Well, you got to be an accounting exec. And then an opening came up in New England. And I actually passed it up. I really considered it. and. I had young kids at the time and house, you know, all those things that go on in your personal life, all good things. Yep. And I just didn't think it was the right time. Plus, maybe I wasn't feeling so frisky, shall we say, to, to make that <laughs> jump. You weren't ready and to sell your soul just yet. I wasn't, you know, <laughs> and I onboarded a friend of mine actually from another company, an old college friend I'm very close with and we're in similar. He was in a similar capacity to another company and I onboarded him. Uh, he lasted a year, not that he didn't do a great job. Microsoft's a tough place, right? I think would agree. He has been here for a while and his old company came back and gave him a better offer. But anyhow, what I learned from that was, you know, I was able to work at a capacity where I was able to mentor him, onboard him, almost act as his co-AE in a sense, because I knew the territory, I knew what he had to do. And then of course, when he left, my mentor came back, my boss and said, okay. Enough messing around. It's time that you take this role. And I interviewed for it. And I got it. I did it for about three years. So it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. You were
1: an account executive for three years?
2: I was. I was right. the AE for uh, SLG New England. I, and and I, I enjoyed it. And, I, and that was, uh, what, three and a half years ago, I left that position. And, and I only left that position because my wife and I decided that a move from Connecticut to Florida would be best suited for our family. But I, I used that same thought process when I, when I was looking for a position down here, we live outside of Fort Lauderdale. I said, well, I'm going to do something different. And I looked at Microsoft, you know, sort of stepped back and said, well, what, what's, what's hot? What's the future? What what should I position myself for? Well, I think it's Azure, I think Azure is the future of the company. So I pursued uh, an Azure SSP position and landed one in Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. And I did that role for about three years. And I got to say. It was tough. Oh, my goodness. Right? You know, coupled with a move and that COVID happened early 20, all of that happened at the same time. It was tough personally, and I'm happy to admit that to anybody, right? We all go through challenges. I think sometimes we don't recognize that in the workplace. You know, you never know what the other person's going through. So, it was that aspect, but also trying to learn Azure. It's like building the airplane as you're flying it. Oh, my goodness.
1: And there's something new Uh, every day.
2: Oh, well, mm-hmm. when do you think Which you've pretty learned awesome. something? Yeah. It is. When you think you've learned something, 25 more things just mm-hmm. came out and yeah. changed or whatever. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that role. I felt like I did master it, but when this GBB role came up, it was a team that I really admired, you know, personally, professionally and, and loved what they did. Stuck my neck out once again and said, you know, hey, let's let's give this a try. And uh, what a perfect fit it is. I I absolutely love it being an AVS GBB.
1: Well, we love having you in that role. I mean, the global black belt, that's a, an amazing role with that blend of business expertise and technical debt. Perfect fit for you, Carl. Well,
2: it's funny you say that. And thank you. I appreciate that. I'll take that as a compliment. You it know, was I meant as historically... a compliment. Thank you. So nice <laughs> this fan, I feel like. I love talking to people. You
0: well, you've done a lot for our teams. You know, that I just want to chime in and say that empathy really shines through that you have and it's really shown through because you've done so much for new hires in our organization that it's been felt. You know, and when, when that kind of goodness is felt in by people and, and you get like that kind of personal feedback where like Carl made a difference. It's like Carl made a huge difference in making me comfortable in coming, you know, on board with, with my decision, with all the stuff that I have to learn. Uh, appreciate that that. Just it just speaks volumes about you, man. Thank you. It's not without um, struggle. Sometimes when uh, people are going through struggles,
2: you got to realize you're going to come out the other side of that. That That's an absolute and you'll be better for it. And sometimes we don't recognize that. I know when I was going through a tough time with, with the move and the new job and all that. You know, my wife was the one who was telling me, you're going to get through this. You, we always do. And it's hard to see when you're going through. She's hundred percent right. So, uh, yeah, you, you do get through.
1: That's uh, another good piece of advice is making sure you have a good support system. It sounds like you have that with your awesome wife and then also the mentors that you picked as well.
2: She's wonderful. And uh, it truly is who you surround yourself with, right? And I think, uh, you know, I love being able to be personable with people at work. You know, you, you all included. I know a little bit about all of you. It's good you to know a lot about, about me. Sort of That's... That's true. We've spent a lot of time together. <laughs> and, and how do you break the ice there? I, I, I do believe in, in having strong relationships uh, with your coworkers, which I think can also translate to your customer base as well. One thing that I do, and I'll, and I'll show you sort of one of my secrets, is I keep a walking deck. It's a way for me to introduce myself to somebody who wants to know more about me. Whether it's leadership or a peer or I do it in the spirit sometimes of giving advice to others who may be new to to our team. It's two slides. It's super simple. It's a personal picture of, of me with my wife and kids at Disney World, right? I mean, we live in Florida. You know, we go on occasion. My my son p- plays la- competitive lacrosse. We find ourselves in Orlando often we go to Disney, we go to Universal, right? We talk a little about some some Business accomplishments, uh, accomplishments. You know, I I mentioned I made platinum club. It was Steve Bombers last year. Got a great picture of he and I with one of my best (laughs) friends in the middle. Yeah, and then, but also good to talk about what we do off the field. What makes you tick? You know, Bill, I remember the the time we were in Indianapolis out of countless times, and they were painting lines on the street. You know, (laughs) white or yellow paint, whatever it was. Yeah, it splashed up on your beautiful BMW M3 and you and I were incensed and we were scraping it off with credit cards, right?
0: There's so much intertwined between, you know, and this really shows between your work and your and your professional life. And you, and if you, if you can let it intertwine, you can find some really magical moments and, and some relationships that then you have for a long, long time uh, that maybe you didn't expect to have because... You know when I when I picked you up that morning. because like I lived in Indianapolis. Carl was flying in from out of town. He was the he was the expert, the stud, coming in from out of town, right, to come in and talk about. I'd uh, probably OCS to uh, to the state of Indiana. I'm sure. My like man here, because this guy, you know, he's he's super cool, and I, I want to play it cool. So I'm pulling up in my my BMW, thinking I'm I'm all hot and everything, and he's just like. Dude, why do you have white wall tires on your BMW? And I was just like, <laughs> "What's like talking what? about white wall t-? And I and I thought I was like, okay, he's just giving me a hard time, right? And just just busting my chops. We pull into the parking garage, and he's not kidding. The entire side of my car was painted white, yeah, oh, no. from the tires all the way down. And it was that fast uh-huh. drying pavement paint that they use uh in cities so that's somehow oh yeah somehow my idiot self had driven Mm -hmm. through some nice white paint but Mm -hmm. but okay here's the personal part here's the connection (laughs) here's the here's the cool part right super embarrassing for me carl no hesitation is down and and we're in our dress clothes right we're headed to a meeting (laughs) It was kind of, it was like an early summer morning kind of thing too. So it was humid in Indianapolis. Here we are in this parking garage down on our hands and knees with credit cards trying to scrape this fast drying paint yeah. off of the side right without without scratching the car. And and we ended up I mean, we were easily fifteen minutes late to this meeting. I think the accounting executive, the CIO from the state was waiting for us. We're Drenched with sweat coming in and and jaw, oh, sweat and paint chips. Yeah. And it was worth it, though.
1: It did you fix it. the car? Did you get it all off? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, we did. Jeez. We did. You know what? And the and everybody, the, I mean, hey, it was a meeting. We were fit. I mean, gosh, remember when we had in person meetings? But we did. We had this in person meeting uh, that used to happen, believe it or not. And uh, I mean, they Everybody was cool with it. It was fine. It was a funny story. It wasn't super funny for me. Yeah. Think oh, about yeah. it, Bill. That was
2: like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. We're still friends. We still talk about it. And honestly, these are some of the things that bind us at work. Uh, things that I appreciate.
0: You bonded then, over the bar and paint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, totally, totally. I mean, it was. I had two tickets to a show. I was in New York. My boy knows New York. I'm like, hey, I've got it for this thing. Steely Dan at the Beacon Theater. That was a great night. That's who I called. Maybe who I called was Carl. I am like, forgetting. I would we're call get...
1: Carl too if he helped you with that, man.
0: Let's do All it. Right. Come on down to Miami. Yeah. 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 Personal speaking... relationships. Sorry. Exactly. Go ahead, Shelley. No.
1: Um, speaking of you know things. that... <clears throat> Sorry. We'll have to cut that part. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Swallow my coffee, <laughs> <Hang on>. wrong. <laughs> I I got, oh, let me finish this glass of whiskey real quick. <laughs> no, all right, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a single barrel. It's good. I'm all choked up.
1: Speaking yeah, of yeah. These
0: sad, sad stories. You
1: yeah. know, migration is top of mind for us all. Yep. Uh, Carl, can you tell us? You know how you think about you know what's helping to with our field and accelerating migrations?
0: Oh, look at us getting to the business end. Get right in there, huh? shall it? I?
2: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Forget about those personal yeah. relationships. Show
2: me the number. Right. <laughs> right. The reasons why customers are moving are all over the map, right? I, I can't put my finger on, you know, if, if it's a market thing or if it's just craziness in general, <clears throat> but I see customers with some foresight who are thinking ahead, um, looking at their, their spend. Minicolo, it's up for renewal in December. If we can get out, is this something you would entertain, Microsoft? How do we do it together? And listen, AVS is not always the perfect fit. When you hear things like timeframes, AVS is a great fit. You know, I'll be the first to say, you don't use AVS necessarily in the vein of modernization. And what do I mean by that? And it may shock some people to hear that. But in my opinion, the We migrate so that we can modernize. There's truly no difference. Uh, Apples to apples comparison, moving a customer from their data center into AVS. It's like for like, it just happens to be in a different place. The question becomes, what's your day two activity look like? You're now in the cloud. Now what? What does modernization look like? What kind of PaaS and SaaS offerings are you looking at? Uh, you know, app services, all, all these kinds of things that we offer in Azure. For me, that's truly the journey. And and the first step might be an AVS style migration. Uh, and the way I like to explain it to customers is, is if we know what your day two activities are, your your modernization efforts are, why do we care to sort of upset the apple cart for day one activities? They're like, well, what do you mean by that? Why not just mm-hmm. skip day one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just go. Get it into right. AVS, but what will that do for you? Well, it's a simple migration that no one might recognize that you did, right? We can literally do migrations into EVS without changing IP addresses, which can be a big deal. And not to get too too geeky here, but you know, I tell customers, the best migrations are the ones that your users don't even know that you did, and AVS enables that space, right? So let's yeah. get you there so that we can then start to modernize you, right? Some of the other benefits other than people not noticing that you move to the cloud are things like recuperating costs in your data center, right? Think of all the contracts that you have to support your data center, VMware, electrical, cooling, Mm -hmm. hardware, storage, all of these things
0: that are all expiring and needing capital. It costs a lot of money. Oh, jeez. Energy costs are no joke in a lot of places, right? Right. Yeah. So think about
2: your minimum barrier, your minimum entry fee into an Azure native VM, or fifty bucks, two hundred bucks, you know, something like that. Depends on what you get. It's like that's by a thousand paper cuts, right? You're going to move this customer over how long to native virtual machines? I'd ask you to think about how that is more modern than a VM running in VMware. By the way, your Azure native VM is a VM running in Hyper-V. You just don't get to see the Hyper-V part, right? Who cares, right? You're still getting the customer to the cloud. They're still in a virtual machine. Why not get them there quickly? Get them there with, you know, the least amount of risk and with no IP changes. You don't have to stay there forever. It's it's a, it's a stomping ground. You know, it's a, it's a way to get to where you really want to go.
0: Once you get there. What are some of the trends and things that you're seeing on the modernization side, you know, now that they got enabled, they got migrated and they're there, what kind of things are they taking advantage of in the cloud?
2: Why do you say that? Because most customers in my experience typically say, hey, once we get there, we're done.
0: Right? <laughs> Check. Well, and I
2: usually say, okay, great. I'm in the cloud. Knowing full well, there's going to be so many other things that happen. I would say the number one thing I've seen customers sort of embark on after they get into the cloud is, is a data modernization effort for, for whatever reason, uh, they are looking at, you know, SQL MI and, you know, all the, the, the past services that we have available for data. They're trying to get it out of sort of this black box of, of AVS or a VM, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and into the appropriate Microsoft managed service that we offer for that, um, that has almost always been sort of the very first day to, uh, I'm not a data guy, but I do know that having a uh, you know, redundant uh, data platform has always been a difficult task. So why not utilize the cloud for what it does for data services, right? You could scale it up, scale it down, multiple regions, it makes perfect sense for them. Um, beyond that, AVS or otherwise, the the talk track now can become, has been, help me become more resilient in general. Right? We're seeing that as a sales motion for AVS in general, right? I want to stay on prem, but I cannot afford a second data center. What can I do in the cloud? Cloud gives you options, right? That's sort of the good news and the bad news because you have a lot of options to choose from. We have options to suit much any customer's needs, either natively or with their parties, our partners, right? So when we look at something like an ABS, you could have a very small footprint in the cloud running at all times, very low cost, and, and continue to replicate their data to the cloud to be sort of served back up in, in the in the recovered world in, in Azure and spin extra nodes on demand. They can't do that on prem. Right? They either had Kind of all or nothing, depending on the size of the organization you're talking about. But now with Azure, they, they truly can have it all. And the question becomes, how much are you willing to spend? Or how much can you spend on-prem? It's, here's your cost and it's, it's the high end.
0: Yeah. I always used to look at it as kind of this stair step right on on-prem building data centers, which both of us have done for a long time. You know, you, you always had to have enough You always had to have the full step, uh, you know, available ahead. It's like, if I want to step up and I want to be able to reach this plateau of having enough capacity and storage and compute power, I've got to go buy, rack, build, power, all of that stuff. It's a big investment. It's a a huge investment. Take a much smoother, more linear approach to getting there in the cloud. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's at. Right. Think about a customer who racked and stacked to, you know, their their highest
2: capacity that they could imagine.
0: Yes. And then they,
2: yes. and then they had to create a, an HA platform or a DR platform right. for it. Right. Oh my goodness. Now in the mm-hmm. cloud, not only can you pay for what you need when you need it, mm-hmm. maybe there's enough money that you used to spend left mm-hmm. over to make that redundant capability in another Azure region. Wow. Gives you, you a lot say more no flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. So and I think you know. I was. just I think going back. I was just going to say. I just heard. Uh, I was just listening to SmartList the other day, and they had Rob Lowe uh, on there, and they said, "Isn't it impossible uh, in a in a remote type meeting to interrupt and then not follow that up by saying?" I was just going to say. So <laughs> anyway, I was just going to say. Uh, <laughs> going back to. Going back to your your. Talking about data and, and the, I think the other big piece is like that data is, is gold. So like you can spend a whole lot of time building, you know, for capacity and you'll, you'll like spend all of your time doing that instead of doing what people really want to do for their business or their government or whatever it is. And that's getting the most insights out of probably tons and tons of data that they have well, instead of spending time racking up storage and more compute and capacity to, you know, that have space for all that data you could be spending time with these cool cloud analytic and ai tools and and answering questions about you know how can we improve our business how can we improve our government how can we Im- improve you know data out to our constituents whatever it is that you do you know these are the things that you go and do better rather than sitting there building more data center capacity couldn't agree more i wonder
2: how just how many customers are sort of mentally ready to take on that advanced analytical view of, of their environment and truly affect their business. Right. I think, uh, customers I see are like, I, I, I'm a step behind. I I need to get to cloud now. Right. And hopefully, uh, in, in their words, a few years from now, I can, I can start to do those things. Well, let's focus on getting into cloud. It really is, is, is the talk track that I like to focus on.
1: I like your approach because then you can have a, a, you could take either a small step, medium step, big step, a Goldilocks approach, you know, depending on where the customer's at, you know, making them feel comfortable and taking that leap.
2: It's funny that you use the words where the customer is at. I, I've had so many conversations re- recently with, with customers and they've all said, you know, where I'm at is we started down this road of modernization into cloud and we're taking it app by app by app. And again, I think this is where some personality, you know, can, can be used in leverage here. I, I typically chuckle a little bit and I say, well, well, how is that going for you? And they'll say something like, you know, out of the thousand apps that we have, we've modernized five and it's been three years. Yeah. I've seen so many customers mm-hmm. now circle back and say. Okay, we we got to cut date here. We now, you know, we know our motion and this and that. We we are going to continue to do that, but now we got to back up the bus, take these servers out to the cloud. Can we get there quickly so that we continue to modernize uh, and and retire things uh, as needed? So I think sort of that that tail end is sort of whipping back now mm-hmm. and and moving everything through. Which I I kind of think we all could agree we we could have called this years ago, mm-hmm. and customers didn't necessarily agree, right? They they had their stated plan and we're going to go app by app, but now it seems to be circling back by saying, yeah, we're we're just now going to cut bait and go because the dual cost doesn't make any sense, dual platforms don't make any sense. They just want to go. So I find that interesting mm-hmm. and and quite promising actually. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to cut
1: costs, doing more with less, to use that acronym, uh, two more (laughs) plus. You have to get more efficient. You know, uh, it forces you to think about things differently and and look for the most efficient way to get there.
2: Things start making sense, like the dots start connecting. My goodness, if I turn on log analytics, I can pump those into Sentinel and I can increase security. And you know what works really well with, with Sentinel? Defender and Security Center,
0: uh, Azure Arc, I mean, it's like all these things just start firing Mm -hmm. and and it it starts to build. Carl, you've always really been known to me as kind of a Um, (laughs) jack-of-all-trades, which is... Paint remover. Sure. I won't say (laughs) Um, (laughs) master, consider it implied. Uh, The other thing that's... (laughs) I mean, we talked quite a bit about the, on this show about you know what's changed the last three years. Sure, was this little you know crazy crazy time where everybody was investing you in, know in getting people to remote work, virtual desktop, desktop virtualization. Yeah. It's been a really popular things. Kind of want to talk a little bit about that and yeah. get your Let's take on to it.
1: Yeah, how would well, you bring that together?
2: It's
0: it's it's one of these
2: interesting topics at Microsoft because not only do we have multiple solutions. Natively. Uh, we also have solutions from partners that, that coexist in Azure quite nicely as well. So it's one of these listen and think right well about what you're hearing mm-hmm. from your customer. Um so let's just sort of go through the options. Right. We we've got Windows 365, right? It's not an Azure solution, but it is a Microsoft solution. And what's well, interesting about it it lives in Azure. Certainly <laughs> does. What does it? right? <laughs> So it's great for these customers who just sort of want to point and shoot a virtual desktop for their customers. The price is pretty similar to what our competitors are offering like AWS and GCP, right? Uh, And there are some advantages there that I don't necessarily know that we want to go down too much of a rabbit hole here, but let's suffice it to say, it's a consistent price per user per month uh, that the customer can turn on very quickly for their users. It's a great little service. You know, I want to focus this conversation more around AVD. And that there's a lot of options here, right? Let's start with some some baseline. So many of our customers are running Citrix and have for years. Right? So many of our customers are running VMware's horizon product. It's just like Citrix, folks. If you've not seen Horizon, it's just like Citrix. Okay. So just think of it that way. So we can take both of them and run them in AVD. And, and before I start describing that, you know, let, let's set the baseline with AVD, right? Microsoft came out with AVD a number of years ago, about three years ago, if I'm not mistaken. You know, time flies, who can keep track. But anyhow, right, it was our stab at this cloud native virtual desktop infrastructure. And what's interesting about it, in good Microsoft fashion, we, we took our own spin on it right? So it it is different than AWS and and others. We are the only hyperscaler that can offer multi-session Windows 10, Windows 11 native desktops, okay? So what does that mean, right? It's just like virtualization, right? You have a a bigger server or a bigger VM in this case, you put multiple users on it. It works wonders. And why is that important? It reduces your cost basis, okay? No one else can really do that with with Windows 10 or Windows eleven. So that works so well for customers who don't currently have a VDI solution. It'll cover ninety percent of their needs without issue. We can run teams in there. We can do all sorts of things like you know, that the customers need to do. I really like the A V D story because it coincides with with how we tell the cloud story. And for me, storytelling is is everything. Storytelling is life. Yeah. Right. So um, it, it's an exciting time out there. I, I've seen competes that, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to say was not a compete when I first, uh, you know, was pursuing an opportunity because the customer said, we're fully deployed in AWS workspaces. We love it. It works phenomenally. But asking questions around cost revealed that I knew we could do better. And, you know, I, I have a specific customer in mind where they had published YouTube um, presentation, joint presentations with AWS. We took them right down from from workspaces and moved them to AVD. Why? Wow. (laughs) I was one-fifth the price. Mm, Wow. Yeah. And I don't know that uh, we tell a good story there. Our multi-session capabilities are unparalleled. No one else has it. Right. And it's interesting to see that, you know, this became so super popular during COVID. Oh, it remains so much so.
1: It was definitely, yeah, huge during COVID.
2: Right. And it remains today. Yeah. Which is, which is great to see. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, we have changed the world, which is one of the reasons why I love working at this company, because I truly do think we, we change the world in what we do. Um, and for the customers that we work with, adopt our technologies. We've also
0: changed their bottom line. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. There are so many stories that you go to and look, look at out there where that's exactly what we're doing. Right? How cool is that? It's a very cool <laughs> thing to be a part
2: of. <laughs> I right? people get to say they change the world every day at work. I feel that way.
1: You know, the other thing that I love about that too is that um, I saw us really responding to a need. Um, you know, during that time and how quickly, you know, uh, Azure Virtual Desktop, you know, continued to come out with new ways of, of looking at that. You know, it was yeah. super responsive. And now we've got scale, we've got proven case studies where we've helped reduce the IT costs. And then to your earlier point about, you know, helping customers innovate, it frees them up to do that.
0: Exactly it, right. I remember when Satya said we were the first responders to the first responders, which is got a very humbling, you know place to be. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know, and I get it. we're We're not doctors and nurses on the front line, but uh, you know, technology does so much to mm-hmm. enable the the heroes that are out there that it's it's mm-hmm. really just a blessing to be a part of it, and it's really, really cool, like, yeah, it's cool to be even behind the scenes on mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's just so much we do here at Microsoft. I mean, looking at, I know
2: my career, all over the place. How great is it to be able to say, it's all over the place and celebrate yeah. that. you right? <laughs> It is a scaled your career, I love it. I don't think there's many companies out there that you can do, I did what you've all done here. And, and being able to celebrate it, right? Waking up one day and say, "Ah, eh, do something new today." Not gonna happen that day, but you can go on that pursuit. Because
0: we are such a huge and diverse company, so many opportunities. Well, man, thank you so much for sharing your story, your personal story with us, sharing your work story and your expertise with us. I, I'm blown away, man. I'm so appreciative. I've inspired. Yeah, I've known you for a long time, but now I feel. Feel like I know you just you know every conversation we have just that much more.
2: Uh, Same here. I always love speaking with you both. What you're doing here with the podcast is awesome. Talking on a personal level, professional level. Hopefully, we help somebody out there to uh, achieve more. That's the whole goal, right?